comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Hey, Abe, so you got any awkward moments that occurred on Labor Day? <laughs> I see what you did there, you sneaky sneakster. You put both the movies we'll be reviewing together in a clever way. <laughs> yeah, Abe, you got me, buddy. I tried to throw you a fast one, but you knocked it out of the park. Yeah, you know me. I'm batting a thousand over here. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand baseball analogies. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how to read. <laughs> you, but, yeah. Wait, seriously? Are you, are you illiterate, Abe? No, I don't have an eating disorder, Aaron. That's, that's not what illiterate means. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> this is quite possibly the worst conversation we've ever had. It's so awkward. Uh, Jinx, buy me a coke. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. Introduction. We are now recording. This is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. Hello, amigos. Out Now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 136. We are doing a double episode today because why not? It's Super Bowl, so we're recording on Super Bowl Sunday, so we got to make this the biggest episode possible, I guess. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, we're going to talk about that awkward moment, the rom-com with Zac Efron, Michael B. Jordan, and Miles Teller. Those are the best ways I can finally pronounce their names. That's all I can do. And uh, Niels. Yeah. And Labor Day, not to be confused with Gary Marshall's Labor Day, which I'm sure he's also making. Um, <laughs> with all that said, we have a new guest. That's another rom-com, right? It is, yeah. We have a new guest with us to discuss these movies Woo! today. From reviewsfromabed.net. As far as I know, he's never been awkwardly caught with a pie around his ankles. It's Philip Price. Hello. No, not that I know of. So, <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. For sure. Always nice to have new guests on. And, Absolutely. Uh, Philip, what is ReviewsFromABed.net? ReviewsFromABed.net is where I you know, write about the latest movies, uh, DVD, Blu-ray releases, latest trailers, um, just try to keep it up to date. It's a little hard out here in Arkansas. We don't get too many early screenings or anything like that, but I try to see them first weekend and get them up as soon as possible. Uh, just, you know, average, uh, average movie lover trying to, trying to write about, uh, you know, new films. So doing cool. what I can. Cool. Very cool. Always, again, always happy to have new guests. And shouldn't be much of a surprise that you're a fellow movie blogger, but who knows? Maybe I could have got some random restauranteer to be on the show. <laughs> uh, Very cool. But yeah. Um, okay, so let's get some announcement stuff here before we get really underway on this fabulous Super Bowl site. By the way, Abe, who are you rooting for at the Super Bowl? Does it matter? Does it matter to you? Honestly, I'm not sure. I, I have uh, Marshawn Lynch, a Calgrad, on Seattle, but I also like Peyton Manning, so who knows? I mean, also, see, my team is actually not playing, so it doesn't really matter, right? 
Who's your team? The Bengals? San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> the Bengals. <laughs> just random? No, they're actually the Browns. We're getting a movie made about us. The, the Seahawks have a movie getting made about them. They do? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Mr. Kevin Costner? No, no, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Um, let's see. Um, what else? Um, iTunes reviews and ratings good to get those helps out the show helps other people find the show simply you know get on get on the old iTunes log into the store find our show and give us a star rating maybe type out a sentence or something it, it makes us feel good it makes us feel good and helps out the show bumps us up a notch well, and, uh, yeah exactly let's move on let's get over to uh, the old uh, know everybody section where each week we ask each other a few questions to try to set the tone for the podcast and better get to know, know everybody. everybody all right I'm gonna let you start this week okay hey excellent Philip yes. Michael B. Jordan has played Steve Montgomery, and he plays a doctor. I forget his name. I'm looking it up right now. Mikey. Mikey. His name is Mikey. It's very simple. <laughs> <laughs> and he plays a doctor named Mikey in that awkward moment. Who has more charisma? Steve Montgomery from Chronicle. That's, that right. seems like a big part of saying that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Just said Steve Montgomery. He's like, who's that? I don't know who that is. <laughs> right. No, I was, yeah, I was trying to think. I was like, ah, pull up IMDb real quick. Um. So okay, so the question was, who has more charisma? Yeah, yeah. Out of the two characters, he play, um, I, it's been a while since I've seen Chronicle, but I got to go with Chronicle because, uh, or his character in Chronicle, probably he was. I mean, he was the, uh, he was like the big man on campus in Chronicle, wasn't he? And so, um, yeah, last president. Yeah, so he had to have some some charisma to get to get those votes from his uh, classmates. So I, I'd go with the, I'd go with Steve. Good answer. <laughs> All right, you're up, Phil. Oh. Okay, um, can I just ask either one of you guys? Yes, okay. correct. Um, Aaron, we'll go with you. Uh, is Josh Brolin losing credibility, or are his upcoming projects reinstilling some faith in his career for you? Oh, it's been rough, rough on Brolin lately. After Old Boy, and now this movie that we're going to talk about. And down the pipeline, what does he have? He has um, okay. well, Sin City. City, and then he's got, yeah, um, what was the other one? Uh, Inherent Vice. Is, he's, oh, Inherent Vice. Yeah, so. I mean, those are projects I want to see. Right. So like, like, I, I want to hope that, you know, there's a kind of a rebound there. I, I, I don't think Brolin's making bad decisions necessarily. It's just not paying off for him in the long run. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a rough spell of it since uh, – not since No Country, because he got super popular since No Country. Right. Then, but uh, it's, been, it's been touch and go for a little bit with, with Josh Brolin, so I'm, I'm hoping that we get back to go, put it that way. <laughs> um, Abe, yeah. similar question. Josh Brolin with facial hair or with no facial hair? <laughs> well, I mean, great question, because I was I was pretty turned on when he, turned on, when he shaved off his facial hair. So I'm going to say uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say no facial hair. <laughs> I actually like him with the no facial, facial hair. hair. It makes him look uh, grittier. It makes him look, no, 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 more facial hair. Because uh, okay. Especially when he's wearing the baseball cap for the Boston Red Sox. He actually looks like a Boston Red Sox guy because they've been growing out their beards. like Destin So, yeah, uh, let's go with the uh, a full beard, like an old boy, I guess. So super long, like old gray beard? That's... Yeah, he's going to be the... Like in, a young Gandalf? Five. <laughs> he could be, he could be young, he can be a young Gandalf in another set of Hobbit prequels. <laughs> He, he could be, yeah. Nose, nose prosthetics and everything else, too. When when Bilbo met Gandalf, I'd watch that movie. Yeah, that's actually a very cute title. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Aaron, right back at you, buddy. Yeah. Another Josh Brolin question. So they cast Tom Lipinski as young Josh Brolin, and he does a pretty good job. And they, they had a very good casting. Who would they cast as a young Aaron Newer? As a young me? Yeah. Oh, my God. First off, 
getting back to your young Josh Rowland question, I really thought you were going to ask me which was better, young Josh Rowland or young Brad Pitt and Moneyball. Because remember how good the young Brad Pitt and Moneyball looked? That, well, he looked like, he actually looked like the real Billy Bean. Either way, it still looks like young Brad Pitt. <laughs> uh, let's see, who would play young me? Oh my god. It's got to look, it's got to look almost exactly like you. Jaden Smith? No, I was thinking Willow. Um, <laughs> shave her head, you know. Um, I don't, who would play young, I don't know, I don't, there's no little young black people running around. I don't know. <laughs> let's just, let's just go with, uh, young Michael B. Jordan. Let's just go in the Wayback Machine. <laughs> go that way. God. I think that would actually work. That's fine. Boom. The Wayback Machine works. I, that, that is how the Wayback Machine works. So. All right. Philip. <laughs> yes. What's your go-to flavor for Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Oh, um, sweaty balls. No, um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I like the classic uh, mint chocolate chip. I don't know what the relevance of this question is, but mint chocolate chip is what my what I'm going to go with. Ben and Jerry's. I mean, Mike, Michael B. Jordan's having some Ben and Jerry's oh, after his oh, girl gotcha, dumps. I gotcha. I didn't see. That's how forgettable the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask what your favorite comfort food was, but like, nah, I'm going to let Aaron ask that one. Yeah, crushed it. <laughs> All right. Okay, um, we'll go. Right. I'll, 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 uh, I'll go with uh, Abe on this one. Kind of similar yeah. to what you asked me first. Uh, who would you rather hang out with for a day? Would you go with Troy Bolton or Link Larkin? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I, I the Troy Bolton is Troy Bolton. Um, that always reminds me of the SNL skit where he comes back and they're all like, uh, hey, Troy. He's like, guys, the real world doesn't have any singing in it at all. <laughs> what gets me is that I didn't know this was a high school musical character until I Googled it just now. So, hey, how are you able to click, click in so quickly on what link, <laughs> because, link because it was? The, <laughs> the SNL skit because uh, they're all like, Kenan Thompson's all like, hey, Troy. And then they're all like, they all break out into the song because it's a graduation. They've invited Troy back to talk to their high school. Like, guys, people will look at you funny if you start dancing and singing just by yourself. So Zach Efron hosted Saturday Night Live? He did. Yeah, this is, All right. uh, this is pre-cocaine. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Troy, I guess. He also goes to, doesn't he go to, like, UC Berkeley or Stanford? He's a smart guy. He's got to be, yeah. I don't remember, but it's, I mean, yeah. He goes to, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's a good school. But I don't remember which one he when he chose because that was like a critical yeah, plot point. He goes, like some... <laughs> he goes to Stanford. Oh, well, I mean, I hate that part, but I mean, his girlfriend. He doesn't. He goes to Berkeley. I'm uh, I'm messing with oh, you. Oh yes. <laughs> he goes to Berkeley he and <laughs> Gabriella, who I assume is played by Vanessa Hudgens, if I had to guess, um, she goes to she goes to Stanford. You mean you haven't seen the trilogy? I, the, yeah, I hear it's one of the best trilogies of all time, but no, I, I haven't seen the the high school. High, I call it the I call it the high school trilogy actually, <laughs> but uh, I have not seen it yet. Man, you are not missing out. Uh, well, Abe, Abe and I might have to do a step up style commentary where we watch all three movies at the same time and do commentary simultaneously. Maybe not. Just, maybe not. I, I heard it, it. Yes, is that what you said, Abe? You cut out for a second. All right, good. We'll we'll put that on the list. Uh, okay, so I think we've. Sufficiently gotten to know everybody, and that's how you play. No, everybody. No, everybody. Let's move on now to Out Now Quickies. TM. Each week and Out Now, we have one or two main movies of the week, but we always have other movies that we might have also seen during the same week, so we have a segment on Out Now Quickies. TM. All of that. All right. 
Abe, have you seen anything else this week? I, I rewatched The Incredibles for no real reason, and then uh, I've been catching up on True Detective. It's a show on HBO. Sorry, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Fantastic, fantastic. I am super involved with that show. I need to know how this crime is resolved, and I need to know why these guys are being questioned. Quite good, quite good show. I'm enjoying it as well, and uh, lots, lots to admire. Yeah, a fun way to think of that show because Maxwell brought this up. I think he got it from someone else too. But um, it's like watching the pilot again, but imagining the roles reversed. I mean, McConaughey is with the uh, the more grounded Woody Harrelson character. character. Yeah, interesting. They're just playing just playing the same characters, but if the actors switch roles. Interesting. That would work. I think it would work, but I mean, they're so good as who they are. So yeah, they are. Yeah. And that intro song is very uh, it's very melodic and spooky and. It's a solid show. It's, it's a good show. Anyway. And Incredibles. You watched Incredibles? So. Yeah, I did. Probably just because uh, I needed to see a superhero movie. It was really good. Philip, have you seen any other movies this week? Uh, nothing that I hadn't seen before. I rewatched Rush and Captain Phillips this week. Uh, enjoyed both of those a lot. But I also uh, have been watching a little TV, but uh, on Netflix, I started Dexter, and I have never watched it before. I didn't know what it was about. Just heard stuff, so... I started that this week, though I've heard I need to just stop after season four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I've talked about Dexter on this show, but I recently finished Dexter like Did last. You? Okay. Yeah, the, the last yeah the last season because uh, it's all on Netflix now, and <laughs> it's just terrible. Like the the last like three seasons. Oh. I'm not I'm not ruining it. I'm just saying the last like three seasons are terrible, and he already knows. Yes, it. Yeah, the last three every person I've terrible. talked to about it has told me just watch the it's, first four. So. It's it it's almost terrible enough where I just I I'm at the point where I just don't even know if I want to recommend it because like there's not going to be any resolve. Like you don't win anything. Like there's, no, there's nothing to gain out of finishing all of Dexter. So it's yeah. just like why start it yeah. to begin with? But there are the, like yeah. I saw the penultimate episode of of season six. And I was thinking, yeah, they don't have me anymore. Like, I don't care about season seven. And so I've never picked up season seven yet. I, maybe I'll go do it one day. Season one is fantastic. That's what I was going to say. It's, I, I'm wondering how it gets that way because, like, the writing in these first couple episodes is crazy good. So I just, it's kind of sad. <laughs> it's because they don't know how to evolve. <laughs> they just do the same thing over and over again, but then make the characters dumber and dumber. So it's Dexter. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even mad about it though, because I laughed so much during the last like four episodes of the series of Dexter. It was ridiculous. Purposefully, um, or because it was so weird. Because it was hilarious. Like, there's no other response I had other than like humorous ones because of just like how like off the wall ridiculous everything was. Uh, Dexter. <laughs> um, what have I been watching? Watched a few things actually. For in terms of TV, I've been watching the show called Enlisted. That's on Fox on Fridays. And it's very solid. I don't want it to be canceled. Um, it's about these three brothers living in uh, on an army base in Florida. Um, one brother just came back from from uh, from Iraq um, or Afghanistan, well, somewhere in the Middle East. Um, and uh, they, they just kind of they live on base and they just kind of deal with the daily antics on base. And it's a really funny show, but it's got like good heart between the brothers and everybody involved. It's a, it's just a solid show that I would rather see on Tuesdays with the other lineup there as opposed to dads. So uh, make that happen. <laughs> More people need to watch that show. So there's that. What else did I watch? I watched a movie on Netflix because it was I was into watch, and I was like in a parkour mood, as you as I as I tend to be. And it's called Free Runner. Have you have you heard of this movie at all? I haven't. Abe or Phil? No, I haven't. No. 
So here's, here's the concept of the movie. Take Death Race, which, you know, involves racing to the death with cars, and apply that to parkour, <laughs> where people have, these guys have to race around the city with bracelets around, with these giant neck braces around their necks, and if they don't make it in time to certain checkpoints, their heads explode. Okay. That's a movie. That's a movie that exists. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's amazingly terrible. But the parkour is like fun to watch. Cause like, oh look, they're all running around doing free running. It's great. But it's, it's still terrible because like the very concept and because these guys are free, they're, you know, they're free runners. They're not actors. So it's like this mix of like, oh my God. So it's this like active it valor, like. but for parkour. Yeah, but at least in Active Hour, they're not required to, like, say as much. Like, in the, in the, or at least, you know, say as much that's not related to what they're doing. Um, this movie's like, they have, they have, like, these random, like, there's a romantic interest. There's, there's stakes involved. There's all these things that, like, complicate this very simple plot line. Just to emphasize how terrible the movie is. <laughs> but it's really watchable. That's why I watched all of it. <laughs> it's really watchable. <laughs> because it's they're doing parkour and it's, it's so silly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's called Free Runner. I, you know, what? it's on Netflix Watch Instant, so there you go. Um, what else? I rewatched Ender's Game this week because I got the Blu-ray for review. And um, it just reminds me of how much I liked Ender's Game and how sad I am that it didn't like take off yes. and you know, be more of a success. Same we all liked it on this yeah. show, on that episode. It was, it was quite good. Uh, did you see Ender's Game? Phil? I did. Yeah, I really. I I enjoy, I read the book. I had not read the book until I heard the movie was coming out. I read the book right before, um, it was re- before the movie was released, and I, I liked it. I was hoping you know it would take off so we could get a few more out of it, but I don't know. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I look for it. I'm I'm sure it looks great on Blu-ray. It yeah it does yeah the, yeah that it also yeah reminds me of how great the effects were in that movie. Yeah. Like it's such a. And the cast is great. I mean, really. It, I don't yeah. know why it didn't garner more attention, or I don't know. <laughs> you had Harrison Ford there, as I like, ever since the aliens. It's like it was just so. Like, <laughs> Harrison Ford in space again. Why? Why do people yeah. not want to line up for this? I don't know. This bodes well for upcoming Star Wars. Movie. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got. That's uh, there we go. That's out now, quickies. Yep. Let's let's move on to uh, movie trailer talk. Where each week we discuss some of the latest movie trailers and uh, when we thought of them, when they're coming out, what have you. Got a couple this week. Um, one relates pretty closely because it's called Neighbors. It stars Seth Rogen and the high school trilogy's Zac Efron. <laughs> um, it is pretty much as it sounds. It's about neighbors. Uh, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne are like two. People, they just got a, they just got a baby. They're living their life in a home, and then a big frat moves next door, led by Zac Efron and friend of the show Dave Franco. Or good to say I, that. I name? think he's friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show, friend of the show Dave Franco. We're, work, we're working <laughs> on an admission for Zac Efron. Zac Efron <laughs> and Michael. What is and the year? It, Michael B. Jordan. It is. It is the year of Zac Efron and um, Kevin Hart. So I mean, it's it's working. Kevin Hart's not friend of the show yet. Not yet, because we haven't discussed any of his movies yet. <laughs> We'll get to Think Like a Man too. then we'll maybe we'll, we'll get him on the show. <laughs> anyway, Zac Efron and Dave Franco move next door, and they cause all kinds of noise, and so it starts a rivalry between between the Rogan side and the Efron side. With all that said, uh, Philip, what do you think of the trailer for Neighbors? Uh, I really, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I like uh, Stoller, Nicholas Stoller, the director. I'm a big fan of Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Get Him to the Creek. Oh yeah. So really looking forward to it, and they showed it. Yesterday, before that awkward moment 
you know, they appropriately showed this trailer, and I'm pretty sure the trailer got more laughs than that awkward moment did, you know, total. So I'm I'm really excited for it. And, you know, Rogan's kind of on a hot streak with this is the end lately, and hopefully this will put Efron where he wants to be with the, uh, you know, the more adult crowd. But I think the trailer looks good. I mean, yeah. I laughed a few times. Abe? Uh, yeah, I'm on board, too. I, I've seen the Green Band and the Red Band trailers. Uh, I also enjoy Rose Byrne when she's doing comedies. Uh, I know that she's been doing a lot of, like, the, the weird scary movies and also some dramatic roles, but she's a funny person. So uh, I enjoy seeing all their cast working together. Also, like, I, I think the, the premise is a little bit ridiculous how a city, you know, quiet neighborhood can have, have a, a front house next to them. But I'm going with it, and I'd like to see where it goes. So, yeah, I'm on board. Well, I mean, Abe, you got to see the movie to find out how they required such of a permit I, to have. I a need to see how the characters also arc and and learn that it's not okay to have a to have a loud parties next to a, a sleeping baby. I mean, if we learned anything, Abe, old school taught us that if you get the right, you know, paperwork filled out, you can, <laughs> you can have a you can have a frat right on right next door. I'm down for the movie as well. I think it looks hilarious. I, I like the concept. I'm a fan of Nicholas Stoller as well. I, li- I really like the Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I mean, we'll get to that awkward moment, but I, I like Efron in these kind of frat boy roles. Like, it, it seems like he's kind of embracing where he is as a you know not a teen, not a like a you know teen actor anymore, more of like a you know young adult actor. And he kind of just his very look makes him like fit for these kind of roles. He's <laughs> kind of like <laughs> douchey party guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rogan and Rose Byrne, that's a, that's a fun combo is why I like that. And I just like the premise. It looks funny. It looks really funny. So, Down for Neighbors, which comes out May 9th, a day after my birthday. So there's the birthday movie right there, apparently. Uh, Boom. But, I scheduled that for yeah. you. Thank you. Thanks, Abe. Thanks for putting in a good word <laughs> yeah. with Dave Franco. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, hey, Davey, uh, can, can I call you Davey? Can you release he this? He said no, and he also, then he said don't call me again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I and because they have that in the trailer, they have that Robert De Niro party that kills me every time I just see glimpses of that. So I want to see all of this Robert De Niro party that they have. Yeah. Because um, Dave Franco makes a good meet the parents version of the Robert De Niro. Um, but yeah, there's neighbors. Let's move on to the next to the next one. It is for Twenty Two Jump Street. This is the sequel to Twenty One Jump Street, um, which reunites everyone seemingly from the first film including friend of the show dave franco but as well as jonah hill channing tatum the writers directors phil lord and christopher miller Ron uh, who Ron swanson yes they got him in ice cubes back <laughs> everyone seems to be back this time they're going to a local community college the guys are going to a local community college to go undercover um and I'm sure more ridiculous hijinks ensue from there. Abe, hey, we'll start with you now. What did you think of the trailer for 22 Jump Street? I'm optimistically cautious, cautiously optimistic, I should say. And uh, I, I like these. Uh, I like the duo. I like. I love 21 Jump Street when it first came out. It kind of took me by surprise. I laughed a lot during the film. Um, and I hope that this one brings new things to it. Uh, hopefully, it's not just a, a rehash of old things done and said. And uh, I'm I'm going in with an open heart. Is that it? All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Philip, what do you think of the trailer? Yeah, I'm really excited for it. I put 21 Jump Street in my top 10 of uh, 2012, and uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. And the Red Band trailer uh, just reinforced how great this could be. And, you know, the directors again on this one, I'm sure, Aaron, you're 
thinking pretty highly of them after the comments I saw about what the movie you saw yesterday. So I'm hoping they deliver on this one too. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there at that point where I just see Phil Lord and Christopher Miller's names, and I'm like, "Yep, this I'm gonna go see that movie because they just seem to be just very adept at making just really funny comedies." And I think it falls into that category where they're smart enough to know how to make a sequel work without rehashing just the same thing again in the same way that I think Anchorman 2 worked as opposed to something like Hang- uh, Hangover Part 2, which didn't work for those reasons where you're just doing the same movie again. So, uh, I mean, yeah, everything I saw, I'm just, you know, I'm laughing again. I like I like this du- I like the duo of Hill and Tatum, things I wish I could say <laughs> uh, more often. And... Um, yeah, it just looks really funny to me. I, 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 I hope Ice Cube's more involved this time around. He looks like he will be. I think I and, uh, Ice Cube's lines more from the first movie than anybody else's. Yeah, because <laughs> don't you mess with Korean Jesus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of Korean Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 22 Jump Street hits screens June 13th. It's been promoted. It's been promoted from its, what was it? It was like a February release, wasn't it? The first time it came out, the 121 Jump Street came out? I think it was that early March, or was it late March? It was somewhere in March, I think. Maybe. Now I gotta look it up, I'm curious. <laughs> kind of had that, you know, once 300 hitting. Oh, yeah, yeah, March 16th, yeah. Yeah, yeah 22 Jump Street, summer release now, June 13th, Uh-oh. which I could only hope is a Friday the 13th <laughs> to make it extra special. <laughs> so there's that. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to our main film reviews, starting up with that awkward moment. So it's Ellie. Are you serious? This is a den of testosterone. You can't invite a girl to a place like this. Well, I'm going to buzz her in. She's not going to talk about Xbox. I'm going to be sitting here being like, oh, I have to fart, but maybe I can't right now. She better have some hot friends. Open the door. I don't care. I'm getting wasted. Yeah. Is that ice cream? Yeah, it's peanut butter chocolate. Give me the ice cream. No, I need it. My girl broke up with me. What are you, Bridget Jones? Give me the ice cream. Back up, little man. Give me the ice cream. Nobody gets ice cream. We're going out. <laughs> if you're single, we're staying single with you, man. Hey, you guys want a mint? That's a weird mint, dude. It's because it's a boner pill. You got four hours to drink like Keith Richards, still get funky. All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for that awkward moment. Um, so basically, we have the spectacular now is Miles Teller, Fruitvale Station's Michael B. Jordan. And the high school trilogy Zach Efron, who all star in this dude-focused romantic comedy about a group of friends who vow to stay single and simply score up chicks while living their lives. Complications arise when all three of them pretty much immediately break this pact as they form new or old or unlikely relationships. Start with Philip. Philip, what did you think of that awkward moment? I mean, it had some moments that you know I was I was laughing at. I was trying to get into it, but. Overall, I just couldn't get over how much I didn't like Efron's character. Like, he just annoyed me, and I, I couldn't, I don't know, I couldn't deal with him. And I just wanted to be like, I mean, because they joke about him being an asshole in it, and I'm just like, no, you are, you know, you, you really are. And so I, it was hard for me to get past that. But I, on the other hand, like, I felt bad for Michael B. Jordan's character, but then I was like, he's kind of an idiot for going back to her anyway, and then... And Miles Teller was trying so hard, and I, you know, I'm a big fan of Teller. I think, you know, he's he's had a hot streak lately too, with you know, Spectacular Now, and um, his one out of Sundance was getting really good reviews. It won some prizes there, didn't it? Uh, yeah, Whiplash yeah. or something like that. Yes, yeah, Whiplash. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I was, I mean, and he gave it all he could, I think, you know, uh, but 
I don't know. Just overall, it had so much potential with those guys in the lead. They each got you know their stuff going for them, and it was a new writer director. Like I looked up his credits beforehand, and he didn't really have much. So I was like, oh, maybe it'll be you know something fresh. He was a he was a co-producer on Movie Forty Three. Oh, Yay! <laughs> is that his only is that his only other credit? That's the only one I saw oh, on IMDb. <laughs> Because I saw, like, he hadn't, he hadn't written or directed much or anything before this, and I was like, okay, well, maybe it'll be, you know, a nice little fresh take on the romantic comedy from the guy's perspective. And I don't know. It just it got bogged down too much in the, the story, I thought, and just didn't let these guys be who they were. But then again, I don't know if I'd like that either because I didn't really like these guys. Abe? Uh, I like the part where, uh, in the beginning, when they were talking about, you know, camaraderie and Morris Chestnut. And then it got really bad because they started talking about, hey, you should just date women and have sex with them and not call them back. And, you know, just call them back again when you're feeling pretty lonely because you should Build have a that roster. roster. Yeah, you Build should have that a roster. <laughs> and just rinse and repeat because relationships are for suckers. Um, and, and then you start to realize that everyone has sort of the same, the same sentiment throughout the entire film, meaning, like, there's not really an arc, per se, and there's also a terrible choice in putting Michael B. Jordan in here, because all he says is, dude, you're an idiot, or dude, you're an asshole, every time that they're walking down an alleyway with coffee in their hands. Uh, that's all that he can say. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, Tom Gormican, I believe, is the writer and director. Yeah. I don't know where he's adapting this from, but this this feels like a television show that you can have. A 30-minute television show you can have. Maybe it's on AMC. Probably not. No, no. I don't know. FX or something something like that where you can have some swearing. (laughs) But it it just feels... It's on MTV, yeah. Uh, But it certainly feels like a a television show that they've really drawn out for no real reason. Because it really goes through the progressions of the seasons. And it it also goes through the progressions of quote-unquote relationships. um, All heading up to one Thanksgiving night. And then it doesn't really go anywhere. So this movie is, is kind of long, actually. And there's a lot of parts that they just thought that they were going to be clever in writing, like a whole entire book sequence at the end there and things that you've seen before. But yeah, like what Philip said, Zach Efron is just a lady killer. And Miles Teller is a funny guy. But Michael B. Jordan, he's just there. And the movie is too long. And I liked when they were just joking around together. But for the most part, yeah, this movie is just not doesn't really have much of anything. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you guys. It's the, I mean, the biggest problem for me is that Zach Efron is the character I like the least, and he's the one given the most focus. When <laughs> like, it it, if it focused on Michael B. Jordan's character more, I guess I it might have been like more salvageable, I guess, because he's the one not necessarily you can relate to the most, but he's the least dickish of the three. <laughs> um, so. Going off with uh, like voiceover that starts and ends with Zac Efron dealing with his weird emotional arc where he tries to redeem himself. I just don't care, and I can't say it's Efron's fault. Honestly, like I don't know Efron that well as an actor. Like I didn't, I haven't seen the High School trilogy. Um, I've always seen what the Paperboy and that Nicholas Sparks movie where like everyone gets a pass because it's a Nicholas Sparks movie. So, <laughs> it, it, like I, I just don't know enough like of him to know, you know, be able to judge him. I was seventeen again. I forgot about seventeen again. So I, I don't want to hold things against him, but like he's just not given much to do that really makes him work as a character that you want to root for. And so what you're left with is Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, 
who are like they're not bad, they're fine. It's just, and you can see the chemistry between the three of them. Like that's the that's obviously what the movie's like trying to have as its highlights. Like look how great these guys are together. But that just doesn't make a movie good necessarily if you don't have like things to go around it that work. Go make a scene, yeah. make a public spectacle. Yeah. Dude, go big. Do it like the movies. Yeah, I like the movies. Yeah. Like Jerry Maguire. I love that movie. I love that movie, man. So good. You had me at hello. What? Don't ever do that again. Sorry. Okay? But tell me what you ever love about her, again. man. What I do love, you love about her? Dude, I love the way she laughs. Yeah. I like, dude, I like the way she fake laughs, but she knows that I need it. Please. Yes. Like, I love the way we fit together in bed. Dude, because we're the same height, our crotches line up perfectly. That's really good. I love that about her. What are the chances, right? <laughs> like, I love the way that she looks in the morning. Like really? the exact moment when she wakes up and her eyes just open like two little butterflies. Two little, I love that. I love that. Yeah, man. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, either. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Okay. So run and tell her that. I'm gonna go. Don't call notebook with it. Fuck it. I'm doing it. Run and tell her that. I'm doing it. Do it. All right, I'm doing it. Do it, man. I'm going. Let's do it. I'm gonna do it. Man, you're doing it. Dude. The 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 attempt to be kind of this kind of raunchy comedy mixed with like an emotional kind. It's trying to be like an Apatow movie. And it just doesn't work very well. It feels like a you know, cheap Apatow imitator, and it comes off as such because it's not very funny. The raunchy stuff isn't that well accomplished, and the emotional stuff just kind of feels like inevitable and not earned very well. And so that doesn't add up to a good movie for me. And adding on top of that, you get this. I love this kind of fantastical version of New York where, like, they're always dressed really well. They're always drinking coffee. They're very successful. Like, Mikey's a doctor and the other two are book cover designers where they can simply string together a few sentences, draw up, like, three lines and, like, suddenly get, like, you know, whatever high price money they need to afford their very comfortable loft and various other scarves and coats that they right. wear all the time that are always different from the last scene. Um, it's um, impressive <laughs> what they're able to accomplish in this fantasy land that they've been. Um, hey, man, the they female characters, They did, yeah. The female, the female characters, they're all right. Like, all three of them seem to desperately want to get laid, which is awkward. But then when they actually have a chance to speak, uh, they say, they tend to say, you know, things that are intelligent. So like, it, 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 it makes very, it scrapes by with attempts to make solid female characters. But um, again, the chemistry between most of them is pretty solid, but, but it just doesn't like work all the way. Like it feels like they had a great casting session and they got all the people they wanted. And then they gave him the script, and they're like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is what we have to work with, and that's not very good. And I was going to say about this uh, comment about it being long, like, admittedly, I did see this right after Labor Day, you know, so it's two in a row. But I was like, oh, this won't be bad, because it's only an hour and a half, or it was like an hour and 34 minutes is what I saw. And But it did, it felt like it took forever to get through this movie, and it just, yeah. it, uh, it was, yeah, it was rough. It was because rough. of that... Those heavy sequences of slow motion that seem to be needed for some reason. <laughs> Let me stumble out of this bathroom while looking fabulous, and we'll just take five minutes to do so. Um, but no, I mean, one of the things that I also didn't like about it was, yeah, this like New York that they paint in which women love shoes, and, and you will spoon, or you will swoon for shoes, um, and that will get you a ridiculously awesome cover. Um Again, not a big fan of, of the the way that I guess women are portrayed. The women, I don't know if I like them as much as Aaron. I do like them, but I, I like don't... the actresses playing them. Oh, okay. I can't, but yeah. but but no, getting to the idea of 
each one of them at some point is just desperate for lovin'. That seems to be like what they're like. They're the ones that seem to be like reaching to to grab these guys' clothes off and get laid, which is like yeah. really odd. But then they have these conversations after the fact or before the fact where they seem like intelligent people. So it's like, yeah. what's going well, on? that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so so it kind of has a weird thing of making up its mind. And the the bigger problem that I have also is Michael B. Jordan's character is probably the, the only reason why this movie is occurring because something happens to him early on in the film and these guys decide to have a bro fest. So... Mm-hmm. What happens to his character? I mean, they, he he gets lost in the shuffle of Zac Efron's character and Miles Teller's relationship, and you hardly visit this guy's character except for maybe a few times where he's being spontaneous. Well, he is the most yeah he is the most dramatic arc of the three, given what's going on in his life. Yet it's given the least amount of you know kind of uh, plot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a res- there. I mean, that's what yeah. it is. I mean. There's no, a I result. Agree. But, I mean, there's not really much given in the way of, like, why this thing's happening to him besides the mention of the word spontaneous. Like, that's the extent of it. It's like, that's why we should end this marriage. Like, because, yeah. because you're not spontaneous enough. Like, that, it's just like a buzzword that they use. Like, yeah, spontaneous. Put down the script. Like, that's it. That's, like, that's the extent. <laughs> and so, and the resolve is just like, well, now this happened. What happened from there? He's, he's, he's more comfortable now. Like, that's the kind of it. And also, it's it's ridiculous when some girl gives him her phone number, maybe like in uh, what is it, October maybe, and he calls her back up in February, and she's like, "I was hoping you'd call." Like, no, no, that's not how things work. She probably forget about you because you're a jerk. But yeah, when that, when that happened, I was glasses girl. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, glasses. Yeah, they kept saying that so we would know where it was going to end up, but. When he did that, I was like, "She would. She's gonna be like, who are you? She's not gonna be like, oh, wait, no, yes. yeah, it's it was ridiculous. And yeah, I was mad about that too. Like, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character didn't didn't get more attention because like Teller's made sense, and I liked his arc with uh, the girl who played Chelsea, his his love interest yeah. or whatever. I thought you know they were good together. They were probably my favorite to you know to watch pairing to yeah. go back to them. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I. Mikey's or Michael B. Jordan's character, he just yeah for for being the thing that started this all off, he definitely didn't get enough enough attention. That's the thing you mentioned, Miles Teller and uh and the and the Chelsea on Mackenzie Davis, at least the actors, and they clearly had like the between like the, the the females and guys in this movie, those two seem to have like the most chemistry easily. Definitely, and it's I mean, it's because they're like friends beforehand and whatnot, mm-hmm. and. They're having these great conversations, or like they're funny conversations. They're conversations that are, you know, they're they're playful. And but then, like once things happen, she just turns into a character. Like every time he steps in the doorway, she's like, "Let me rip off all your clothes and let's do this." Like that's what she turns into. Is like, what's happening here? Yeah. Like, what happened to the smart person that we we're watching <laughs> during Thanksgiving like, too? Now she, yeah, exactly. Yeah, during Thanksgiving, like now she's like this sex fiend. It's like I don't remember this character. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, yeah, what happened to the cool piano blues player? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, I don't, I don't think there's much more we could go into. About, I, I gotta emphasize, though, they're really well-dressed in this movie, like, all the time. Like, even when, like, one has no pants on, he still looks like he's, like, halfway to, like, a model runway. <laughs> great t-shirts. Always they've, great got, t-shirts. they've got money to burn, man. Yeah, they're making that. They got, gotta... they got, they got scarves, they got sweaters, they got sweater vests, they got sweater scarves, like, all these things. Are, like, they're also always them. eating out. I mean, <laughs> how can you afford this lifestyle unless you're a hooker? 
I I assume the coffee they buy is like thirty seven dollar coffee pot cups. Like they, that's the only way. Like just to make them all seem even more hip. I thought I, I thought the publishing industry was was you know worried, and these guys are getting paid handsomely. No, paper. they're they're fine. <laughs> yeah, they live in this this giant like lofty office. Yeah, the movie was actually written in 2001 when everything was still relatively okay. It, it was <laughs> shelved was awesome. for a long time. <laughs> like, uh, what's his name? Josh Pays comes in there, who's like, he's, he's like mid-40s, late 40s. The voice of Raphael, by the way, Josh Pays. <laughs> and like, he, and like Zach Efron and Miles Teller are like his boss or something, because they're, you know, the young upstarts with all these hip book cover ideas. It's like, what's going on here? I, like, <laughs> whatever. And yeah, to be fair, those like, I, I, are terrible. I get <laughs> I get that the movie's like they're trying they're trying to capture kind of a generational like type humor, which we you know I would I I think all of us kind of fit into at this point, but um it just it just fails <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't. Yeah, they were the way they were acting. It was like they acted that way because it they anticipated people our age should act that way rather than having any real justification for their characterizations, and it just was yeah it felt forced. Yeah. All right, so let's get to. We got another review to do. So let's get to our. Let's get to our. Um... Two last things. Wait, wait. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. One of them. Uh, Zach Efron is a terrible drawer. He sends his girl this this artwork that looks ridiculous. And lastly, I forgot my second point, but it was it was is a is a valid point as well. It was a, okay. Thanks. <laughs> That's a bad insight. Um, let's do our. Let's do our let's do our rating. Each week on Out Now the Internet, we try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them. And our scale goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. On that scale, Philip, where would you put that awkward moment? Um, I'd go Netflix. It's I mean, it's worth the watch maybe if you're in on a you know weeknight or week weekend and you have nothing else to do. The, the chemistry between the three guys might be worth it, you know, to check it out, but nothing more than that. Abe? Yeah, I'd say TV. Yeah, just regular TV, not even cable. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm at HBO, so we're all like all in the same wow. kind of, <laughs> we're all in that the bottom section. HBO, like yeah, if it premieres on there. By the way, uh, it's called that awkward moment. Not many awkward things. It's like maybe two things awkward that happen in that movie. Yeah, too many ideas in that movie. <laughs> like you have the whole party sequence, which you just but you go to a party and you're dressed up a certain way, and everyone else is dressed up another way. You don't stay at the party, yeah, right? You, you probably, don't be like, I, I, guess, I guess I'm sticking this out. Or at least if you're at that party, you take off the <laughs> one piece that, like, obviously shouldn't be there. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. Well, in the hallway. Like, <laughs> you can st- I mean, you can stay at the party still wearing the cutoff sleeves and the hat, but the other thing, I don't think you need to have that, like, hanging out the whole time. Like, that seems like a thing you can get rid of. That's why her father likes him. I, yeah. <laughs> God, that'll okay. We don't even. I don't want to keep getting yeah, away. Right, let's get. Let's move forward. <laughs> no, let's do our movie callback first. Oh, callback, callback, callback. These are uh, some movies we thought of during or you know after uh, watching the uh, the main film for 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 awkward moment for that matter. Um, a many uh, callbacks. Yeah, when they were mentioning Morris Chestnut in the beginning, I thought of the wood, and I also thought of uh, the best man. Um, not because. Because those movies are exactly like this, but because the camaraderie, the relationships between the guys in those films, um, but those movies are are a little bit better than this one. Yeah, Philip, any uh, any movies you thought of in relation? Um, well, after I was leaving, like I said, I think the Neighbors trailer got more laughs than the movie did, so I was I was kind of still thinking about that. So I just wanted to watch like an Apatow comedy after I got out. There you go. Yeah, I uh, I thought of a Forty Year Old Virgin, um, Swingers. Yeah. 
uh, Hangover, just movies of guys having good camaraderie with each other. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, there's that. All right, let's uh, let's let's move on here. Let's get to let's get to another hilarious film, Labor Day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's play the trailer for Labor Day. Let's do that. It was just the two of us after my father left. I don't think losing my father broke my mother's heart, but rather losing love itself. Her hands started shaking beyond her control. Just leaving the house was difficult. Wonder if you can give me a hand here. You're bleeding. Mom, this is Frank. He was kind enough to offer me a ride. We really can't help you. Frankly, this needs to happen. Where do you want to go? Your house. For police looking for Frank Chambers, an inmate at Stinchfield Prison serving 18 years for murder. I'd be grateful if you let me stay till nightfall. Isn't it against the law to hide a fugitive? If someone were to come by, I would need to look like I kidnapped you. How do I know you won't hurt us? I'm stronger than you think. I've never intentionally hurt anyone in my life. All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for Labor Day. Uh, with this film, director and writer Jason Reitman steers away from his more kind of satirical, darkly humorous features to make a, a real romantic drama adapted from a novel by Joyce Maynard. In it, Josh Brolin stars in, as an escaped convict who basically takes a mother and son hostage, um, but it's okay because he has a heart of gold uh, despite serving time for murder. Uh, Kate Winslet plays the mother who is she's, she suffers from depression. But she also pretty much instantly falls for this convict over the course of the Labor Day weekend that the two share together as the son looks on with doe, big doe eyes. Um, that said, let's go with Abe this time. Abe, what did you think of Labor Day? Uh, I thought this movie was uh, a lot of thematic things that were mixed together that ultimately doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, you get a sense that it's a movie about you know exploring sexuality, depression, possibly coming-of-age stories. uh um, and, I don't know, crime, misfit love, and whatever else. And it kind of just, I know that's based off of a book, and Jason Raymond must have really loved this book a lot to adapt it from the, to adapt it for the screen and also direct it, unless he's just looking for, like, a Hollywood paycheck. But um, for the most part, it doesn't really work for me as much because it just deals with so many things, and you have all these characters that, it, it's almost ridiculous what they do. Uh, as the weekend progresses, as Labor Day weekend progresses, and uh, like the music is, is is tense and whatever else, but you know that this is going to happen because you've seen the trailer and you know that the guy is probably not going to hurt these people in any way, um, despite despite what he does during you know sometimes. When... Despite being an escaped convict who Kate Winslet falls for, yet never questions what he actually went to jail for. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, I mean, as you, as the movie progresses, you kind of get to see a lot what happens uh, in both their lives, Kate Winslet and Josh Brolin, um, via via Terrence Malick style flashbacks. I like the the the, the cinema or cinematography. Uh, I liked the I like the direction. I mean, it has, they, the actors also produce pretty well on the screen, but the story just I don't know. It's it's kind of all up in there. Philip. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if it was maybe because I hadn't heard too many great things about it going in. Um, I didn't love the film, you know, but I didn't mind it as much, I guess, as as other people have seemed to. I mean, yeah, there were questions I had, especially on the, uh, you know, I would have liked to have seen a conversation between Roland and Winslet about, you know, him talking about why he was in prison and, and, you know, how he was, you know, 
wrongly kind of done because of how it played out. But um, I, I didn't mind it. I like Reitman. Um, yeah, the cinematography was great. And uh, I don't know, I, there, there were just moments in this film, you know, whether it was the grocery store or near the end when uh, James Vanderbeek came in, like, I, I felt tense. Like, I was kind of, in, you know, I was into it. I was wondering what was going to happen, how it was going to play out. Um, by no means is it, you know, something that you would have thought it was going to be with this cast and the director and probably the, you know, the Oscar bait kind of stuff they were going for. But I mean, it was, it was okay. I, it, I mean, you know, I liked it. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but it was, I guess it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be going in. I like that you mentioned James Vanderbeek intense within the same like <laughs> sentence. That's funny. <laughs> I saw his name in the opening credits and I was like, what? And then he didn't show the up. Beak, the beak from the creek. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> The most inquisitive cop ever. Ever. Yeah. Go away. Why is this interesting? Um, yeah, I'm kind of right in the middle between you two guys. Um, I am curious what like attracted Jason Reitman to this, because he did you know, adapt this for the screen. He didn't just like come on and direct it. He, he adapted the book, and he wanted to make, I, I know he wanted to make this book be, into a movie before he made um, Young Adult, actually, but he couldn't like really? get it done at the time. Yeah. It's like he's been wanting to do this movie. And I'm just not sure why I, I see, I mean, I, the story's like, whatever, like it's, a, if I, once getting past the basic idea of like, Hey, here's an escaped convict and here's a depressed mother, obviously they should fall in love. Um, getting, and I, if I get past kind of the, the fantastical presence, as to try to get past the fantastical presence of New York in that awkward moment, like I can kind of accept the idea, but then it just kind of doesn't go anywhere great for me like it seems from what i can tell josh brolin's character frank is a very smart guy like and he's obviously kind of a noble person he made a big accident in his life and that caused him to be where he is but he seems like a per he seems like a person that's you know smart so when you get to the kind of the, the later half of this movie the last kind of the third act a lot of logic seems to drop out of from under it. Like, there's a lot of decisions made that just seem like every, like, bad decision you can make before trying to accomplish a certain goal, as opposed to beforehand, when he seemed, like, pretty much exactly the kind of person he needed to be in order to accomplish his goal. It just, it seemed like, it seemed like it just dropped an intelligence in favor of more tension, which was odd to me, just because of how the movie was progressing. But with that said, I mean, the acting's, like, fine. Like, Kate Winslet and Josh Brolin are good actors, so I expect to get good performances out of them. I don't think they're particularly bad in this movie. They're doing what they can. And I do think the direction is fairly solid. Like, I, I was curious what a Jason Reitman drama was going to look like. That's obviously, you know, lacking in a lot of humor that his other films have. And watching it, I I saw Reitman's, like, hand in there. I saw how I could connect this film to Up in the Air or Juno. I could, I could see his directorial touch. But it just... Yeah, it was same with like Abe. I just didn't really get into the story as much. I, it's, it has these coming of age elements, which take seem like they're not very consistent because they seem to take a back seat every time they need to tell you something that this kid who's narrating the story would have no other information about. So it's like here's some flashbacks to other characters, but this kid will never be able to you know tell you this. So that's weird. And here's a intense pie seduction sequence <laughs> that involves. Involves the kid as well, <laughs> um, although that pie looked amazing. Um, <laughs> and um, it just what it really does, it just kind of ends up feeling a lot like a Nicholas Sparks movie. That's like what kind of where it went in the long run. It just kind of felt very schmaltzy, 
uh, very kind of not necessarily false tension, but there is tension mixed with the romance aspects that just kind of felt like more of a very big melodrama than a movie that I'm used to seeing from Jason Reitman, who tends to have more of a, a bit of wit going on with his movies than this one seemed to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah, I've, I've heard the, the Nicholas Sparks thing. A couple people said that to me, and I guess I just took it with more authenticity because maybe it is just because of the actors involved. Like if, there weren't. Yeah, it seems like a, it seems like a big budget, <laughs> or at least like a a, a, nice, a, a finer polished version right, of Nicholas yeah. Sparks. Movie. That's yeah, that's exactly. I don't know. Yeah, and I I really did like like the details of the time period and everything, and that was you know that that was that was nice to see, and you could tell a lot of care was taken with the making of it, but but yeah, it didn't have that big like crescendo moment where it all kind of came together, and you were like, oh, this is. This is great. I can agree with that, because if you're going to show me 1987 New England, then I guess you did a good job. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel like, I, feel like I, was, I was able to see that time period captured well. No, that was weird. Um, what, didn't it feel like 1950-something New England? There was a, a, I guess the timeless aesthetic was being going, was like kind of an obje- uh, objective in this movie, but yeah. I, I can't say it felt like old, like completely old-fashioned. Did you guys also feel that the young, uh, what's his, what's the character's name? Hank? And Henry? Hank, yeah, Henry. Yeah, young Henry. He was sexually ambiguous at the beginning, because I wasn't sure what he was doing with, like, the Vogue magazines or whatever else. And then later on, I'm like, okay, it's because he's trying to explore his sexuality with, like, you know, his... He's a 13-year-old boy, he's these girls yeah. walking around. Yeah, no, 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 exactly, yeah. So, I mean, I thought that this was going to go somewhere else, and it didn't, and... Again, yeah. One of the things that I had a problem with was this feels like a super long Labor Day weekend for some reason. I mean, they do a lot. Yeah, of it things. did. It did. Yeah, I agree with you because it did like pop up with the day markers every day. It's like, oh, it's all. It's still Saturday. It's always, like, like, okay. He's cleaned the gutters. He's changed the tires. He's swept the entire house, and it's only the afternoon. He he mopped and waxed the floors yeah, multiple times. Both of those. <laughs> That was, that was the problem I also had, too, is he's trying to lay low, but he wakes up at probably like 6 a.m. to wake up and go outside and do all these things for a house that everyone knows is run by a single mother and her son. But the son could, you know, it was a long weekend. No, they're probably just like, dude, what's up with this guy? Fall- like, where is this guy? They, don't, they, they haven't seen any guy. Yeah. He's <laughs> doing fall cleaning. Like, they got a big backyard. They do have a big backyard. It's giant, apparently. Uh Whatchamacallit. Uh, the other thing I liked is uh, I liked the little girl in this movie. She was kind of crazy, and she reminded me of somebody who could be in short-term 12. But mm-hmm. uh, I definitely liked her performance in it, and and she kind of ultimately goes nowhere. She only exists to to set the third act's tension in sequence. See, that's, yeah, that's where I would have liked more of, like, this coming-of-age story. Because the movie... You have, you're following Henry. Henry's narrating the film. By to- to- Toby McGuire is adult Henry, um, who Spider-Man settles nicely. In, settles nicely into narration territory. I didn't mind that. But the movie's being told from his perspective, and it's just not consistent. Like you'll get scenes where like he's supposed to go away from the house because obviously something needs to happen between Kate Winslet and Judge Brolin. So you don't see what happens, and so that's fine. So you're following Henry around. He's doing his thing, or he's with his uh, he's with his real dad, Clark Craig. Um, or whatever. But then there's another, there's other scenes where he also is, you know, he has to leave or something. 
and despite the movie being told from his perspective, then you jump back to what Brolin and Kate Winslet are up to, which is when you shouldn't be. Like it, it's, it doesn't stick with its coming of age story to an extent. And I, I'm curious what the book is like. I'm curious if the book has that same kind of thing going on or not. It's, it's strange to me. You guys had mentioned uh, James Vanderbeek in the film, and I liked him. I, I, I was like, hey, James Vanderbeek, he looks actually grown up and mature, and his hair is not wavy and blend like, a, like back down a creek. Yeah, I mean, he's fine. He's not doing. I mean, none of the actors are bad in this movie. Like, I don't. Like, I don't. And the movie's direction-wise, it's technically sound. Like, it's just the story. I guess is where I'm like, yeah. I couldn't get into. How, because of its schmaltziness and its melodramaticness, it just things about it just didn't take off for me as as much as they. It just makes me wonder what the book is like. That's kind of where I'm at at this point because I'm like, clear, I know like Reitman's a smart guy. Like I know I like it. it it makes me curious, like, what did he see in that book that's like, this should definitely be a movie, and <laughs> I need to capture this as it is. I'm, sure, I'm, I'm curious what he changed and what's different or what have you. I heard someone say, like, Joyce Maynard, who wrote the book, uh, was one of, like, J.D. Salinger's lovers or something like that, who, like, stayed cooped up with him for a while, and so they didn't yeah. know how, you know, how much credit to take her opinion with, you know, lovers locked in a, you know same location for a while kind of deal so who knows but yeah it would be interesting to to see what the how the book is told or if it's strictly from henry's perspective but yeah. I, I was definitely going to say i agree with uh as it goes on frank gets more careless and that was one of the things that did bother me about it yeah yeah uh, it's weird considering that he had to like dodge like lunch line shankings so come on frank where are your skills man <laughs> Well, I like that his best his, his best attempt at a disguise is just shaving his beard off. Like that was what he went <laughs> Not like you know, going bald or like doing anything else. He's, He's just, just like, like, oh, I shaved my like, like, I shaved my goatee. I'll also <laughs> just give myself the name of handyman. Nobody will suspect. <laughs> I'm just also, a handyman. Did you guys also like it? I actually know that I know that the actress who played what's her name in Silence of the Lambs has been around for a while, but I was surprised to see her in this film. Brooke Smith. Brooke Smith. Yeah. Oh. Um. I haven't seen her around in a while, except for in Sounds of the Limbs, but I was like... Was she a great big fat person? <laughs> she was quite large, yes. Um, but, uh... No, I mean, she's popped up in a lot of TV. I remember she was on Weeds for a while. Uh, or not a while, but like a few, like a number of episodes. Like, oh, that's that person. Yeah. yeah I was uh, just surprised to see her in this film, because uh, I know that she's been around too, but... I haven't seen her. So Catherine Martin is her character's name in Science of the Lambs. I was like, it's Science of the Lambs. Like that's Catherine Martin, <laughs> and she she's really mean to her son. <laughs> oh my God, the son. That, yeah, I forgot yeah, that that whole thing is where I was like, really, we're gonna the carelessness thing, especially right there. I was like, come on. Yeah, yeah I mean, why would you actually introduce? She's gonna feel bad stuff? later, <laughs> knowing what she knows. <laughs> that's gonna make her rethink things. <laughs> yeah, that's why she's gonna go back down into the hole and get the hose again. Thanks. <laughs> All right, let's um, let's wrap this one up as well. Um, let's let's do our rating again for Labor Day. Abe, what you, what, you, what, you, what rating would you give? It? I'd say Netflix. This is this is not that important to see in theaters. Philip, yeah, I'd, I'd either say Netflix or maybe like maybe matinee. Matinee might be worth it. I don't know if that's the ranking, but if it was, I would say dollar, dollar, dollar theater. theater. Yeah, there there we go. That, that's good. I, I'm at Netflix as well. I do think it's. I mean, it's. <laughs> It makes you want to eat some pie and have some chili. That's for sure. Like, no, hands down. Like, that's I'm, I'm not walking out of the movie not hungry. Like, that's for damn sure. 
And I, I mean, I like, I like Brolin and Winslet. So I mean, they're, it's just, yeah, this isn't like kind of the best use of their abilities, I guess. Is yeah. What I and I like the kid, I like that kid too, even though he's like, even those doe eyes constantly. I didn't like, I didn't mind, I liked him as an, an actor, a little young actor. That guy has a lot of yeah. titles to his name too. The young actor. Yeah, he's, been, he's been in stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly has. But he's no, um, he's no Ty Sheridan from Mud. It's Mud, and, and, or Neckbone for that matter, the other kid in Mud who's unjustified right now. Who do something really enjoying. Nice. Uh, did you see Mud, Abe? I forget. You didn't I, I have a copy. I haven't seen it yet. Philip, have you seen Mud? I'm sitting in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I kind of figured you saw <laughs> That's I mean that that's big stuff for us. <laughs> uh, Jeff Nichols, the director, is is from here too, and uh, they had yeah. like a premiere of it, and Ty Sheridan and Neckbone were at Little Rock and stuff, and I got to meet Jeff Nichols, and so that was that was big for us here in here in Arkansas. So yeah, I definitely saw it. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Jeff Nichols at this point. Like, I've seen all three of his movies. I'm like, yeah, give me more of this. Like, <laughs> let's do this. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, uh, movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. Movies you might have thought of. Any movies come to mind, Abe? Uh, probably like The Sandlot, just because of the baseball. I had The Sandlot, too. <laughs> I also had The Sandlot. <laughs> <laughs> but it reminds me of, like, the awkward teen moving to, like, a new city kind of thing. Yeah, the baseball thing kind of, and also the, the time frame, but not a whole lot. I mean, I'm sure that there are other movies. Also, Stand by Me kind of came to mind, but not not a whole lot else. I completely have the same lot. That was a good pick. <laughs> um, I I had Beauty and the Beast as well. <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. Ah, which. yeah. Philip, any uh, movies come to mind? Um, it kind of made me want to watch Kings of Summer again. Oh yeah, all right. It, it was. It kind of had that. Like I felt like. He needed friends like uh, the kid Henry needed friends like the, the guys in Kings of Summer, and they would have helped him out a bit. I'm kind of at a mud now. Now I want to watch Mud again after watching this movie. <laughs> all those coming of age summer 2013 yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, all six of them or whatever it was. <laughs> um, okay, let's um, let's before we move on to our next segment because I'm just seeing this all over the place now and it's quite alarming. Gabe, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but I know Philip has at this point. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman has been found dead. Oh, no! Yeah. And, that, uh, that's... That is... It's really sad. It is uh, sad. Uh, he's 46 years old. Um, they're saying drug overdose. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty oh, alarming. That's, yeah, that is and, uh, shocking news. Um, I'm certain. I mean, I, I assume all of us are big fans of Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was a, he was a tremendous actor. Um... I think I, I recently rewatched uh, *Synecdoche, New York*, actually, which I think is maybe one of his top three best performances in film in general. But it's it's always I mean, you get these kind of these big name actors that die, and it's really sad, especially ones like these who are you know fairly young and it's still I I assume plenty of great performances left in them, and it already had you know quite the legacy going into this really disappointing development. So I mean, it's quite a Quite a quite a news story to see pop up while we're trying to you know have fun on this podcast, and I just want to point out yeah that's this is a thing that happened and it's very unfortunate and um you know obviously a lot of you know uh, <laughs> uh prayers go out to like you know Hoffman's family and friends and people involved with uh, certainly in his yeah. life yeah mm. but yeah sad sad story very sad, sad story news. 
Great in the Master last year as well. That was that. Very good. He's very good in a lot of his roles. Very good. Very good in the the, the, the damn Hunger Games movie. Hunger Games. Good in that so, movie. I was, gonna I was, say, I was looking forward to seeing his character, like see what would come. You know, because you know in the books he's yeah. a pretty big role. I don't know if they filmed. I know they were filming the third one, but I don't know if they filmed both parts or not. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's a sad story. But uh. Anyway, sorry to sorry to bring it down here, but uh, I I felt obligated to you know say something because it happened literally no, while absolutely. we're doing this. So yeah, it's, that, yeah. It's, it makes appropriate sense. Sad story. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's move move on to our audible plug real quick before we get back into some more fun stuff. Um, every week out now is brought to you by AudiblePodcast.com. You can go to AudibleTrial.com so now podcast and get a free title of your selection there. Um, and you can have a membership for up to 30 more days. And, you know, if you see nothing you like, then you can just get rid of the membership. But you can still keep the free book that you have. I have a book to recommend. It is another Joyce Maynard novel, actually. It's called Cloud Chamber. Um, I just have, like, the, the intro lines to the description of this book. But it kind of intrigued me enough to, like, put it here. So I'm going to read it. When Nate Chance arrives home from school, he sees two police cars and an ambulance in his yard. Before his mother can get him and his little sister, Junie, inside, Nate and Junie witness their father, blood pouring down his face, being led to two, by two police officers into an ambulance. He has tried to kill himself. That's just, I'm not going to read this book. I might <laughs> listen to it, though. But it just sounds intriguing to me, just because that's like the description it gives for the book. It's like, oh, that's ambiguous. All right. But <laughs> that's a... That's a um, that's one of the many, many books you can find at audibletrial.com. So, yeah, give it a whirl. Let's get to a little um, out now feedback. Feedback, now. feedback, feedback. This is where we go over some of the answers that we received for the various questions we asked during the week, as well as some of the answers that we have for questions asked to us during the week. And um, so, yeah, we're going to read some of these questions here, read some of the listener responses. And, Philip, if you have any responses, you can feel free to add your two cents as well. Okay. Yeah, chime in anytime. So our first question was, what is your favorite Josh Brolin film? Friend of the show, Scott Mendelson wrote Men in Black 3. Brandon Peters wrote No Country for Old Men. Izzy wrote Mimic. Adam wrote American Gangster. George wrote Starring Girl Only. If not, it's Goonies for me. Nice. Danny Murphy, tie between The Goonies and No Country for Old Men. And lastly, Jason wrote Men in Black 3, Jonah Hex, and Gangster Squad. Boy, that, that, got, that got more depressing as it went along. <laughs> like, he started on top. <laughs> I like that Scott Mendelson put Men in Black 3, by the way, because he's very serious about that. I, I, I mean, oh, Scott's I think serious about point. everything he writes. True. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, No Country Rolled Men, obviously the correct answer. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, next up, we have favorite Kate Winslet film. Uh, Brandon has Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Scott Butler has Quills. Adam has The Reader. Manish has Little Children and Sense and Sensibility. Jason has Finding Netherland, never, ne- Netherland, Finding never, Finding the Netherlands. It's a new movie. She's a Dutch explorer. It's great. Um, Jason has Finding Neverland, and Danny has a kid in King Arthur's Court. Classic. I did not know she was in that movie. <laughs> Daniel Craig's in that movie too. Daniel Craig's in that movie. Yep, all star cast. <laughs> in King Arthur's Court has a whopping zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh man! Also, I wanted to add that the reader has a fantastic soundtrack. Um, Let's see here. Our next question is... Okay, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) It's a fantastic soundtrack. Listen to it. It's a fantastic soundtrack. One of the worst Beck Picture nominees of the recent years. (laughs) Our next question is, what is your favorite trio, or more, of actors and actresses that you love seeing in films, television, or just hanging out? April has Clooney, Damon, and Pitt. Good answer. Adam has Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost. Fantastic answer. I'll, I'll allow it. 
<laughs> Danny has Seth Rogen, James Franco, and Danny McBride. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, and Emma Watson. Separate answers, but same written by Danny. And Matthew has Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher. Um, next up, we have favorite type of pie, which I thought was a fairly inviting question, but led to just nonsense talk. <laughs> led so to very read, funny answers. I'll, I'll just read the things that I have here. Izzy just put a picture of The Rock. <laughs> I don't know what that meant exactly, but you've had a picture of The Thank Rock. Thank you, Izzy. Made me laugh. Uh, Jason has... Do you know what that is? I mean something? I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Jason has, I like a pie in the face. And then Jeanette actually gave an answer. Apple boysenberry, which sounds like a delicious pie. It certainly does. And then we asked, uh, finally, what's the most awkward situation you can think of from a movie? Uh, Scott Neil Lasseter writes... Well, there was a scene in Behind the Green Door where, mm, never mind, uh, <laughs> Mike writes, Hot Tub Time Machine when Lou realizes who his son is. Uh, Ryan writes, Swingers, the message machine scene, it's excruciating. Yeah, that's a that's a great example. See, that's more awkward than anything in that awkward moment. <laughs> Swing the, him, Mikey, leaving the, Mike, the Mikey in that movie, John Favreau leaving tons of messages on answering machine. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Liz writes, the scene in Tommy Boy when he starts playing with the toy cars on his prospective client's desk, and he gets super crazy with them. And lastly, uh, Dan writes, stare sex scene in History of Violence. That's a <laughs> <laughs> more painful, I imagine. Stare sex in History of Violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. <clears throat> now we got some questions here. Um Let's see. It, and let's see what these are. We need some need some new questions. We're running out of questions here that I have in the backlog. But Izzy asked a few weeks ago, but we're finally getting to it because he asks. We all know about the controversial human torch race change. Which character, if you had to change, would you change their race? I wanted to bring this up just to Michael B. Jordan's been rumored as a possible contender to play Human Torch in the right. upcoming fi- uh, Fantastic Four film. Um, which doesn't bother me whatsoever because the Human Torch is not dictated by his being white, so it doesn't make any damn difference. Um, yeah. I don't see race, and I don't see color, so you know I'm colorblind. No. It's funny because I get into arguments about this, where I was like, "No, he's supposed to be white because he's white in the comics." I'm like, what well, doesn't matter? Like, that doesn't define his character. The fact that he's white, and then they're like, "What?" So if they cast some white person as Black Panther, that you'd be fine with? That? He's like, "No, because he's he's from Africa. Like, he's supposed to, like it's dictated by the country he's from. Like, there's a difference here." But whatever, I don't need to get into this frustration. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's racist. <laughs> You had to change their race. Who would you change? I su- so okay, I I suggested a little. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but I was after I saw the Grandmaster. I thought, what if Tony Leung was Batman? Like, I think that'd be amazing. Well, I mean, I thought of like two modern day heroes. Well, Batman was one of them. I was like, you know, Idris Elba has been said that he wants to play Batman. I was like, I'm fine with that. Uh, and so, um, damn, what's the other one? James Bond. Why can't James Bond be anything except for like a white British guy? I mean, he has to be British, yes. But does he have to be a white British guy? Or a white guy? Probably not. I've heard that Idris Elba, people saying him as Bond would be great, and I th- I, I agree. But I think maybe in like, the, if the, in, like, the Wire days, when he was kind of younger... Yeah, I mean, the Wire's, like, te- I mean, it started ten year, over ten years ago at this point. I think when he was kind of that build, I think he'd fit more as as James Bond. He's, kind of, he's not heavier now, but he's certainly, you know, a little older, a little bigger. Like. A little wiser. A little wiser. 
but seriously, what if Tony Leung was Batman? Like, if he fits so well, it's like Bruce Wayne. I could see that easily. And then our second question comes from Manish. Favorite movie that criticizes the American dream? And this is a very thoughtful question, because it took me a time to to research and, and think about it some more. I finally it took came me up half with, a second. Uh, I came <laughs> up with, uh, well, because there was a lot of them that I thought of, but I thought of uh, American Beauty as probably my go-to for this one. Primarily because they're kind of living an average American life, and things just don't work out. It just doesn't work out for any of the families involved in that movie. Uh, Fight Club came to mind immediately for me. Um, just in the way it challenges social norm and whatnot. Um, so, but, I mean, other like uh, obviously other examples from last year, since we had so many movies like Spring Breakers and Pain and Gain and The Bling Ring, like all these movies kind of, and Pain and Gain, which I just watched again recently and liked even more than I did the first time. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yes. But yeah, I mean, there's it's certainly been a theme of recent times. I'm trying to think of older ones that challenge that criticize the American dream as well. Um, but yeah, American Beauty, that's a good pick. Eh? Anything in the Sam Mendes' filmography almost. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, like Revolutionary Road. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's even, it. Even uh, Away We Go. Even, you know, yeah, there you go. That's a, which I like that movie quite a bit. Yeah, me too. Um, what about American Dreams with a Z? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can uh, see it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Any of the Wayne's films? <laughs> Any of the Wayne's films. I was just thinking that because I think I saw a Haunted House 2 trailer and I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, an American Tale. Fireball uh, <laughs> Goes Out West. <laughs> yep. The Superior sequel. Um, anyway. All right. Thank you, Manish and Izzy. And everyone else that contributed for the our listener feed our out now feedback section. It's always fun to do. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's uh, let's move on now to some box office talk where we go over the totals for the week. Find out if our previous predictions were anywhere close. Well, we didn't have any predictions. We haven't yeah. predicted anything for weeks. Yeah. We. But um, I'll just go over a quick recap of the old box office here. Um, pretty simple. Uh, neither Labor Day or that awkward moment made much money this weekend. Um. Ride Along is still in first place, actually. Three weeks in a row. Um, Frozen. Yeah, Frozen's still making that. Ride Along, a movie that just, it makes me like it more just because it is as successful as it is, even though I'm just kind of okay with it. Like, it's fine. It's just nothing special, but like, whatever. It's, it's, I, I like Kevin hard enough to be like, yeah, good for him. He's, he's doing his thing. Yeah, it's good for him, because I mean, I remember seeing him in cameo roles in Modern, Modern Family and stuff like that, and I was thinking, yeah, this guy's a pretty funny guy, and he looks like he's really trying to change or broaden his range. From, you know, simple comedy to outlandish comedy to everything else in between. So, good for him. I mean, I remember him as the lead in Soul Plane from ten years ago. So, it certainly <laughs> it certainly worked out. <laughs> Soul Plane, a movie I saw in theaters. Um, Yay. That awkward moment that awkward moment came in third place, uh, 9 mil. The Labor Day came in seventh place with like 5.3 mil for now. Behind everything, including the nut job. Um, Still making money. Yeah, I know, Abe, you've been wanting to know how I Frankenstein's been doing, so I'll just say it's in 10th place right now, uh, with another 3 million, making a total of 14 million so far for I, the, the, what I assume is very expensive I Frankenstein job. So basically what you're saying is I smell Blu-ray number two and number three coming out. Be two Frankenstein and three Frankenstein? Yeah, starring like a, a, an Aaron Eckhart lookalike. <laughs> oh, Aaron Eckhart. 
What? So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, was, that's a uh, no, that's box office. That's that's, that's what happened. Box office. So let's move on now. What time? What time oh, Aaron, on? I think it's time for some more interaction with the the guys here and play some games. And an awkward. That ending. was awkward. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Going, yeah. Yeah. Nailed that one. All right. So I've got two games here. Uh, one of okay. them is called. Can't wait. Real, what is this one called? <laughs> real authentic celebrity tweets. So this is not like our celebrity tweets game. This is a real authentic celebrity tweets. Uh, I'm gonna. So you're going to read actual tweets? Yes, actual tweets from three actors from that awkward moment. Uh, and uh, to guess which one. It Michael, is. yeah, Michael B. Jordan, Miles Teller, or Zac Efron, and we'll see how this one goes. First one, no Bart for me this trip. What'd you say? Um, no Bart for me this trip. That'd be Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan is correct, yeah, because Bart is uh, where you uh, filmed Fruitvale Station. Let's see. Life's too short to not eat thick bacon. Life's too short to what? Yes, life's too short to not eat thick bacon. No answer? Miles Teller. Uh, you, you didn't give us a chance to answer. <laughs> okay, I don't know what's going on here. The last tweet was, my jaw was wired shut, so I couldn't stop anybody from revealing their story of how I broke it. So, by default, can we just guess Zac Efron? That is correct! <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to go with Kanye. Okay. <laughs> Through the wire. <laughs> Next one. I have mad love for James Franco, LOL. Miles Teller? That's what I would get to. No, it's Michael B. Jordan. Ah. Next one. I'm over at Facebook getting a new fan page. This campus is sick. Efron? Efron, yeah. Michael B. Jordan. What, what the world? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just watched an infomercial for a free catheter sample pack. Is it not one size fits all? Why do I need a sampler? I'll say Miles Teller. That would be correct. Nice. Two more. Okay. <laughs> Two more. Okay, so this person tweets, at Uber LA. Cars in the shop, so come and get me, please. I'll say Miles Teller again. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. What the? What? <laughs> I know. I would not. I would not suspect that for Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> okay. All right. And uh, last one here. It's hard to be a Lakers fan in Miami. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Zach Efron. <laughs> ah, the, the, the old right. switch up. Yeah. This game should be it should be a lot more uh, succinct here. It's called Quick Draw. It's a new game. So this is basically a, a game in which I will name three actors from a film, and you guys will have to name that film. Uh, it's based off of a year because in the movie Labor Day, it's all based in 1987. So I've, I have all these films from 1987 here. Okay, that's a that's a fun way to yeah. narrow it down. So for example, uh, I will go with. This is an example, an example? question. I, it seems pretty straightforward, Abe. I don't know what else you're <laughs> right. Here we go. Here. So all 1987 films. All right, here we go. Kurtwood Smith, Nancy Allen, Peter Weller. Robocop. Robocop. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Feel free to, okay. if you know the answer in, in, before I finish the three, you know, shout it out. Yeah. That's why it's called Quick Draw. Okay. Uh, number two. Carl Weathers... Jesse Ventura, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. Predator. That's correct. All right. Come on, Philip. You got to get on the board here. I know. I'm not. I'm not. 
Here we go. Robin Wright, Billy Crystal, Carrie Ells. Princess Bride. Princess Bride is correct. I got to do some research on my 1987 films. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good year so far, though. Look at all these movies. It was a great year. Yeah. Here we go. Gary Busey, Danny Glover, Mel Gibson. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Lethal Weapon is correct. Okay, here we go. It's a great year. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Moranis, Bill Pullman, Mel Brooks. Spaceballs. Yeah. Spaceballs is correct. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Holly Hunter, John Goodman. Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona is correct. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and sit down. 1987 is amazing right now. This is like the greatest year. <laughs> All right, number seven here. Daryl Hannah, Michael Douglas, Charlie Sheen. Wall Street. Wall Street is correct. Is it Wall Street? Okay. Yeah. Was Wall Street. I was surprised it was the 1987. Oh, I thought that was earlier, yeah. All right, number eight here. Sean Connery, Robert De Niro, Kevin Costner. The Untouchables. Oh, you got it. Oh, Untouchables. I, oh. I forgot about The Untouchables. Number nine, two more. Rosanna DeSoto, Isai Morales, Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh, La Bamba? La Bamba! (laughs) (laughs) Last one. Christopher Plummer, Tom Hanks, Dan Aykroyd. Okay, is it Dragnet? Dragnet! I'm crushing the game. (laughs) And that's how you play Quick Draw. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Won that game. Yeah. I don't want to throw it in the face of a new guest. No, go I destroyed ahead. you on that game. <laughs> go ahead. That was dope. <laughs> Man, eighty-seven got kind of bad at dragging it at the end. Uh, not <laughs> I could have gone with uh, what is it? Another Michael Douglas movie, but no, he was already in there. Black Rain. No, I think it was a someone with the what's her face. Oh, um, the War of the Roses. No, I'll name I'll name Michael Douglas movies all week. <laughs> Michael Douglas in '87. What do you think? Fatal Attraction. Is that is that '87? Fatal Attraction. '87. All right. It's crazy. Douglas is Douglas is big. He was he was big in the yeah, '80s. He's huge. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on now to Out Now Presents What's Out Now. These are movies coming out on Blu-ray and DVD this week. Simple simple yay or nay for some of these titles will do. First up, we have Escape Plan, which I liked. Oh, I didn't fun. see it. I liked it. I a lot more than I expected to. Exactly. It's just fun. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Yay. Yeah, I definitely yay. see it. Yeah. Um, about Time, which I didn't see, but I wanted to. Uh, yeah. I've heard a yay about it. Yeah, I have too. Yeah, I, re- I really see. enjoyed it. I put it in my top yeah. fifteen of last year. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's Very the cool. the third the third Rachel McAdams sleeps of a time traveling man <laughs> movie, so I need to see it. Complete <laughs> that trilogy. The There's Midnight in Paris oh, and Time Traveler's yeah. Time Traveler's Wife, I, yeah, and I, now about time. I needed the Time Traveler's Life one, but I was like, which one's the last? One? <laughs> yeah, Midnight in Paris, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, Free Birds, just in time. <laughs> 
for like, uh, Valentine's like Day. Detective instead. <laughs> or else it's much better than that. Hey, man. That's my Owen Wilson. Um, okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Baggage Claim. That's a movie that came out once. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see that one either. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Then we got some straight to. We got Justice League War. This is the new DC animated. Boo. Bill. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> random boo. <okay. laughs> and then we have the White Queen, which I believe was a like a, like a stars um, show. At some point. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that one. I haven't heard of it. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've heard some some positive word of mouth. I forgot to mention it in quickies because I watched it like a week ago. I watched the first episode of Black Sails, the uh, the new stars show about pirates, produced by Michael Bay. It's uh, it's fun. I, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm curious to see what the rest of the show is going to be like, so I'll stick with it for now. But yeah, that's that. It's out now, Stars Wikis. Nice. TM! Thank you. There we go. <laughs> it's entirely necessary. <laughs> Let's go over what we're going to talk about next week on the show. We're going to do the Lego Movie Woo! and Monuments Men. Woo! Um, it's, a, it's a double header here. Clooney and Legos. Everyone wins, I think, in that capacity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's, uh, Murray and Legos? I mean, I think that's a bigger draw, right? Uh, more like Jean Dujardin and Legos. That's <laughs> the draw, right? snap! Yeah, you just got assembled. Uh, so with that said, let's, uh, let's do some box office predicting for the Lego movie, I guess. Um, what do we I'd think say, that's gonna uh, do next week? I'm gonna say number one, and I'm gonna say sixty-two million. Huge number. Sixty-two. Huge, huge number. number. Huge number for the for like the early fall, yeah. or I guess early late winter. Late winter. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. The, op- the opposite end. Of <laughs> <dumb sentence>. <laughs> <laughs> so, Benny, uh, any guess? For yeah, I'm definitely Lego Movie number one. I'm not gonna go as high as Abe. I'm gonna say uh, I'll go with forty-five. But I think it's definitely going to have strong legs. That's a good guess, and you guys are I've got to split the difference now because those are all those are both good. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm say, there. I know I'm going to say a solid 51 mil. We'll do that. Ah, 51 mil in first place. I think, I think Lego Movie is going to going to work for a lot of people. Um. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. And uh, yeah, all right, we've done it. We've gone through the we've gone through everything, guys. Nice. It's the highs and the lows. <laughs> Closing it out. Drop, drop calls and everything. We made it. <laughs> That's going to do it this week for right now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at wisetheblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, I don't know. Not hashtag Seahawks or hashtag... Uh, uh, <laughs> hashtag commercials. Hashtag Coca-Cola. There you go. Philip, where can people find more of your work? Uh, you can find it at reviewsfromabed.net. Also, my reviews are published on moviemarker.co.uk and at wordwebzine.com. And I'm on Twitter at Bandy Price. That's Andy with a V in front of it. All right. You can, of course, find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes as well as at uh, <laughs> Stitcher and hhwled.com. You can find all the all the other shows there as well, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, Longbox, and doing other shows about comics and games and fun stuff like that. Also find our episodes at outnow.podomatic.com as well as youtube.com podcast. 
Uh, feel free to email us out now podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Labor Day or that awkward moment or, you know, whatever else that might come across your mind. You're like, hey, I should email about that to out now podcast at gmail.com. That seems like a good idea. Interact with us over at facebook.com slash out now podcast and tweet at us at twitter.com slash out now underscore podcast. And of course, follow us out now podcast.tumblr.com or voicemail us 972-798-3830. Feel free to send us a voicemail. Let us know other thoughts you have and maybe we'll play it on the show or maybe it's just a fun compliment or something. Either way, it's all good. So with all that said, time to end the show now. Philip, thank you for joining us for the first time. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It was fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Happy Thanks. to have you back in the future. So always, uh, always fun to have new guests on. Um, go sports teams, even though this podcast will be released after the Super Bowl. <laughs> and um, with all that said, that's going to do it. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. than you think <laughs> i have no doubt <laughs> you've got to feed me turkey chili now <laughs> Hold on, yeah. that chili looked amazing by the way <laughs> after he poured, he poured even after he poured the coffee i was like what? <laughs> all right <laughs> it's like i guess yeah all right and then he like started i was like that's the secret behind good chilies coffee coffee